boxed. Ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning on this Saturday, the 19th of January. The month is flying by and it's been another very busy week of racing with some fabulous racing. The focus tonight, of course, on the Paws of Thunder and Summer Distance Plate Finals at Wentworth Park. So Wenty's very own Ron Arnold will be chatting to me about the two races and I'll also be talking to the to Virginia Ray about one very special greyhound called Chips and Trains. What's making news around the kennels? It is old news now, but the Warrigal Cup was taken out by the perfectly drawn Adina Hunter from Box 8 last Saturday night. And on the same night, Dinah Chancer, who was my best bet for last week, won the distance feature by 10 lengths and recorded a new track record in doing so. In that same race, though, Rip and Sam made his long-awaited return to racing and it was very obvious from early in the race that things weren't quite right with the Greyhound. He looked to break down. However, he did come in at the tail of the field and was found to be sore in his wrists. I did speak to his trainer, Brendan Purcell, during the week and he assured me that Sam is not as bad as first thought and he'll be watching him very closely, working on that soreness and hoping that he'll have him back on the track in the next few weeks. The Devonport Cup was run on Tuesday. The Victorians' emerald rainbow and zipping blaze had no luck. It was the Queenslander, Corey Cody, who took home the $25,000 first prize. And if you've been across social media this week, you would have heard that Tornado Tears has been trialling well since being sidelined since September 2018. Rob Britton has been taking it very slowly and building him back up to start over the distance as he wants to avoid the sprint's sprint races with this chaser as you could well understand. We also learnt this week of the passing of Maury Blair who was synonymous with the Greyhound Racing Club down there at Geelong. He was very involved with the administration side of the club so we offered condolences to his family there. GRV have launched a new feedback avenue by way of the feedback office for participants and also the general public to raise complaints, offer suggestions and perhaps Give the odd compliment. Uh, More info can be found on the GRV website. GAP's three-day weekend is well underway with today and tomorrow to go. Over 100 dogs are up for adoption, so hopefully they'll all find a couch to go home to. The last three-day adoption weekend ended prematurely with all 103 greyhounds finding new homes in the first two days. So basically, if you'd like to adopt a greyhound, you might want to get in there early. The Meadows have a huge Australia Day Eve party next Friday night with face painting, jumping castles, an Aussie barbecue on the deck and also boomerang throwing demonstrations. It's always a great family night out at the Meadows, so make your way there on Australia Day Eve. Racing, poked the bear, walked out. Bucks Future came out like a torpedo. Led by two over pants on fire. As Caban third now poked the bear. The big bear is on the move. They'll follow by Zipping Cater. A break in the race to Mapunga Bella Jingles keeping. And at the rear is Blazing Store. Top corner, Bucks Future in front. Here he comes. Poke the bear is uncoiling. Bucks Future in front by two. One, three quarters. Poke the bear drives. Got him! Poke the bear, big win, beat Bucks Future. The and joining me now is Wentworth Park's very own Ron Arnold. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Simone. Lovely to be down in the uh, Victorian world. Oh, it's lovely to have you. And, uh, gee, Poke the Bear, he looks like the greyhound to beat after that win. Well, look, he probably deserves the tag of the best greyhound as far as the sprinting ranks are concerned in Australia. And, uh, you know, he has taken all before him over a fair while now. 
it, it's still one of those races. We know what Group One racing is all about. Simone, you just got to be there on that moment, and you know, even by that call, listening to Timmy Newbold, then you know, Bucks Future can ping out and go and you don't need to, to get into a lot of trouble to all of a sudden lose a length in running and that can mean the difference when they're sort of running subs 29 sixes. It sure can. Um, the field, Ron, um, what's your take on the field? Do you, do you think it's, there's a few roughies, what I'm trying to get at I guess is there's a few roughies that got up but um, they look like they're drawn well in boxes one and two. Well, you're, you're right, Simone, but I suppose it's one of those history books, you know, you look at the dog all on Amy sitting in box number one I can never remember a greyhound going to box number one in a group one final and probably could start 100 to one. That's sort of what that sort of market's going to be like. Um, you know, Pope the Bear is dominating. It's getting pretty close to odds where you'd have to be a pretty good supporter to take the, the, the odds around the even money. Um, I've got to be honest, there is value in the race. Even a greyhound like Miss Splendor Miro, like she is top class. And, you know, should she ping and run? Uh, it's even going to be hard for Pope the Bear to run her down. So, He's well drawn in box eight. He's going to just need to make sure he gets around that first bend with absolutely no interference because if he cops anything there and just loses a length or two in the run, if greyhounds like Miss Splendomero or Bucks Future have pinged and gone, they will be hard to rein in. Absolutely. And how good was Miss Splendomero? She just knew she was back at Wentworth Park, I'm sure. Yes, no, I must admit, once, uh, and it's happened over the past, even with some of our great greyhounds, I suppose Fernando Bale was one of them. When you, you take a liking to Wendy Park, you absolutely take a liking to it. And uh, it's one of those things, you know, again, she's not drawn the best in box number six. But again, she hasn't got a lot of what you would call real quality underneath her at group one level. So if for some reason, and I have seen a ping and go at Wendy, um, you know, it's, it's quite amazing when you look at the box draw. You've got a situation where probably the three favourite runners are sitting out there in six, seven and eight. You don't mm. see that very often. No, and then the other greyhound, Cashpoint, didn't he go up a gear for Anthony as a party down the back? Uh, he's a strong greyhound. He's won over the – or had a strong placing, I should say, over the 600 metres at the Meadows recently. But um, when he got clear, gee, he, he just showed he could be in the mix also. Exactly right. And, and Anthony, obviously, you know, being a, a New South Wales person at heart, even though he's based down in Victoria now, he knows the complex, he knows the track, he knows the dogs, what he needs to do. And he, as plenty of times he's been over in the last 12 months, he's come up and basically had a hit-run venture to Wentworth Park that's been successful. So he, he's certainly right in the mix. But when you look at the clock and you start talking, you know, as I say, 29.5s, 29.6s, I think the top three are out there in boxes, six, seven and eight, that can run that time. Buck's future, he's a greyhound that um, you have a bit of a, a liking for, I hear. Oh, I certainly do, and, and honestly, City Swain, obviously, we, we go back 15 years ago when he won a golden Easter egg with Cyrus the virus, and you know, like all of us, we're all getting a little bit older, and Sid sort of tossed up whether he's had enough of training and he's kept going, and this greyhound in particular, it's really in form, and that's a, that's a big thing when you come into these big races. It's one of those greyhounds that's really at the peak of its game now, and, and it's a great place to be. And not best drawn in box seven, that's the first, that's obvious. You prefer probably an inside pin. But I've got to be honest, the way this greyhound's beginning, and as Timmy Newbold's Cole just said, you know, began like a torpedo. Mm. If you can do that in group one racing and run clock, um, gee, it's hard to get beat. You, you know, at 29-6, you'll win more races than you get beat at Wentworth Park. Oh, for sure. And his record, seven wins there and eight placings from 19 starts. He, he's just got a real affinity for the track as well. Exactly right. And look, you know, for the, for the, for the listeners that are sitting there saying, well, OK, I'm, I'm going to have a bet in the pause of thunder, 
at around $8, um, I think the girls are entitled to have something each way, Bucks Future. You'll be in the race for a long, long time. Now, getting back to Poke the Bear, um, we know he's not always the best of beginners, but he every now and again he pulls one out of the hat and ran, I think it was a 505 at the Meadows recently, and not it's not his normal racing trait, but um, if he was to do something like that and clear the field, well, you know, he's 21, uh, 29.51 PB there already. I'm sure he'd run up to that again. Oh, exactly right. And look, to be honest with the way he's drawn Simone, he could actually get a beautiful cut across with Bucks Future and Miss Blender Mirror, but he go hard early. Um, provided he misses trouble, it doesn't worry him if he goes out of the straight three or four deep because he'll just rein them in. And, and that's the, 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 the way the draw has, has sort of fallen. It might actually just play right into his hands in the end. It's the only one that the only issue he's going to have is any greyhound that sort of just veers out at the first bend or rolls out and just mm. collects him. If yeah. that doesn't happen, he is still the dog to beat. There's no doubt about that. A couple of the other greyhounds we must mention. Number four, Caitlin Keeping. Uh, she's quite reliable early. She showed a lot of early pace in her heat win. Uh, and also Federal Lily, another greyhound that's got a good record at Wenty, three out of three on the track. Yeah, most definitely. I suppose the box draw hasn't been kind to them. And like always in Group 1s, you've, you've got to sit there and, and have a look. But, you know, Charmaine Roberts and Shane Stiff, they've got Caitlin keeping absolutely humming at the moment. Mm. And Federal Lily's been very consistent with two wins out of its last three. Uh, and again, you know, they're 29-8 sort of thing, which are going to run a drum if everything goes their way. But, yep. you know, as I say, the pressure from that outside division just could create a little bit of carnage inside. That may be one of the issues as we sort of head towards that first bend. The other race on the program, of course, is the uh, summer distance final, the summer distance plate, I should say. And, uh, gee, <clears throat> how disappointing for the club with the scratching of Poco Dorado. Yes, it certainly is. It's one of those things that uh, that sort of happens there. So, unfortunately, um, you know, just the way it goes, that the, the fields are sort of falling apart, unfortunately. So we've just got to take it as it comes. So have you got a tip now in the summer distance plate, Ron? Uh, look, I, I've got to be honest. I suppose the uh, Chain Nero looks probably the the greyhound that I think that if you try to look at a bit of value in such a small field, um, that's sort of where it sits. I would imagine. So it, it's just one of those things that yeah, it's just hard to you know, get around in such a tiny field to see. But I, I'd probably just throw something there and see what happens. So $40,000 to the winner there, $75,000 to the Paws of Thunder winner. Uh, Ron, a terrific night of racing tonight at Wentworth Park. Uh, you'll be there for all the action, I know, and thank you so much for joining me on Talking Greyhounds this morning. Thanks for having us, Simone. Pleasure to talk to you again. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. My next guest on Talking Greyhounds this morning is a truly remarkable woman, Virginia Ray, who has endured and continues to live through every parent's worst nightmare, and that's losing a child to terminal illness. The legacy of her daughter Pippa and Virginia's efforts to raise awareness of the type of tumour that Pippa had is being aided in the most unconventional manner by way of a greyhound called Chips and Trains. Let's take a listen to his win at Warnable on Saturday night. Racing Chips and Trains began okay out wide. Eastern Ninja ready and up, going with it on the inside and deeper was Dream Future. First bend's going to be critical here. They're well packed up. Getting a check was Dream Future with Luca Rocket there out the back. Was hit the highway. Favourite tries to muster Chips and Trains. It's 
outside. Aston Ninja who has the inside. Aston Ninja straightened up a half length in front. Chips and Trades has got its work cut out, but it's lifting the favourite and comes away and shows its class. Chips and Trains by two and a half. Came away, beat Aston Ninja. A length and a half away third. Zed Merritt from Ready and Arm then hit the high And joining me now is Virginia Rage. Virginia, he's given you plenty of thrills, but I think Saturday night may have been extra special for you. Simone, it was just unbelievable how he lifted in that last little bit, wasn't it? It sure was. It's like he really knew what he had to do. It was a tough win for him, but he's had a couple of wins like that. He really gets there on the line. He does. He likes to finish really strong. His last, um, his last split is always usually his fastest, and he, uh, yeah, he likes to run wide, so that causes a little bit of frustration at sometimes, but it just adds to the thrill, doesn't it? It sure does, and what a thrill. Down in Warrnambool, your hometown, the town where Pippa grew up, um, went to school. Can you just tell us about the night? Were there any of her school friends there that um, came to witness Chips and Trains winning? Yes, we did have a number of, number of Pippa's friends came along, and it was terrific. It was lovely to see. Um, I was almost a little bit last minute because he was in the Silver Chief the week before, so we just make sure he was OK after that. And that there was actually a race there for him to run in, in one of all cause too. But, um, look, if he didn't get a run, we were going to bring him down anyway to Pats and Cuddles, which he got a lot of after the race too, which was really lovely. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Now, can you tell us about the little boy, Amias? He used to make little videos when he was only two years old for Pippa, um, saying he can't wait till she comes back and they can eat chips and play trains. Um, and he led the Greyhound out, didn't he? He did. Bournemouth will have the uh, the Seaside Carnival over summertime that runs three times a week from, I think it's the 26th of January, the first night was this year. And uh, each night they have the the meet. There's one race where children can lead out to the Greyhounds, so they enter in. And, um, yeah, we had Amias lead chips and trains out on that night. He was so thrilled. He actually was at the Meadows the week before for Silver Chief. So he got to meet Chipper there for the first time. And that in itself was beautiful because chips and trains came up to the fence and he went instantly up to Amias and he'd never seen him before and Amias was thrilled to his back teeth. So leading him out, you know, we've got beautiful photos of him looking with his eyes up at James, asking him all about the dog and he really had a wonderful night. And, of course, to have him win when he was handling him just topped it off for Amias. Oh, I'm sure it did. It was um, some beautiful photos did come out of Warrnambool on Saturday night, and you can just see that connection, can't you, between greyhounds or just animals in general? Excuse me, and children. Oh, look, it was it was actually funny. We were watching because they took a a photo of the the handlers, the children that handled the, all the dogs, with Chipper being the winning dog at the end of the night, and of course. They were told they weren't allowed to touch them, and Amias, having been there the week before, knew all the rules and protocols, so he was standing there with his arms folded, just trying to hold his hands still, <laughs> and we were laughing at him, and then James said, oh, no, actually, it's okay, you can touch him, and Amias, it was like he just melted into hugging him, and he, we've just got this beautiful photo of Amias just bending down and hugging Chipper completely and utterly. So beautiful. It, it was. I know the photo you're talking about, and it really was a very special moment indeed. But this greyhound, he's been extra special as well, Virginia. Has he exceeded all your expectations? Because he's got a terrific record: twenty nine win or twenty nine starts, twelve wins and eight placings, and nearly one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in stakes. Simone, we saw him at six hours old, and it was a little white tip on his tail that kept catching my eye and Linda said let's see if we can make this one chips and trains because she had tried to call another 
another dog, Chips and Trains, which was kennel named Amaya by Pippa, but he didn't come to race and he got adopted out instead. So someone somewhere in Australia has a, a greyhound called Amaya that was oh, destined right. to be Chips and Trains but doesn't didn't make it. And, um, yeah, this one was just picked out of the litter at, at six hours old and there was no expectation on him at all. But as he was growing up, Linda used to just say how a beautiful a dog he was as well. She, you know, even before she'd even started looking at him for running, whether he was going to run or not, um, she just said he was just such a beautiful dog with a beautiful personality, and he really is. It just sounds all um, like it was meant to be, Virginia. You've got a daughter that I'm sure had an absolutely beautiful and wonderful personality, and you've got the dog that. Uh, is almost, I guess, um, living for her now and racing and keeping her memory alive. Yeah, no, he, he is. He has, believe it or not, he actually has a lot of her traits. I mean, when he came over <laughs> to Victoria, Linda said to, to Jeff, you know, uh, you're going to have to put him up the front of the kennel, Jeff, because he's really going to know what, want to know what's going on. And he likes a few pats and cuddles. Well, poor Jeff can't even go near him without getting patted and, you know, having to, <laughs> having to cuddle him. And Jeff goes, I'm not giving him any special treatment. But, of course, you know, Jeff can't deny a pat and cuddle from Chip. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'm sure um, there's probably a line of people that would love to have Chipper as a pet when he retires. And hopefully that's not for a couple of years. We'd love to see him continue to race for quite some time. But is that going to be an issue, do you think? Who's going to have Chipper after he's finished? There is a long line, but uh, yes, no, my grandmother Lee put her hand up very, very early, so he, I know, will be very well looked after and he'll end up um, being here in Wonderful, but yeah, she'll, she'll spoil him completely. Virginia, I know we're talking about this and it's just wonderful to be able to talk about the connection between greyhounds, greyhound racing and your daughter Pippa, but is it hard for you? Is it very bittersweet um, that this is what you're trying to do to keep her memory alive. It's just one of those things, but um, it's under the most terrible of circumstances. It is. And, I mean, this this wasn't really intentional. It just sort of evolved through Linda's suggestion. Um, <laughs> sometimes I, I think, oh, I wish I had more photos of her with greyhounds, but I don't. I actually only have one because when she used to go out to the property, she'd go out by herself with Linda and they'd just do their work and she'd have her jobs to do and she'd get it done and... And so, you know, in hindsight, if we had known that we would be doing this down the track, um, you know, we'd have so many photos to, to show of her with greyhounds. But that's the thing with brain cancer. It comes on so quickly and it takes so quickly as well. So, um, you know, this is not... It was just something that evolved very naturally and, and I think that's a beautiful part of it as well because I think it's become quite spiritual and the things that have happened when he's run uh, really... No, there must be some connection there too. Uh, it, it does sound like it and it looks like it as well. So do you know in the short term what the plans are for his racing career, Virginia? Is he staying in Victoria? Will he go back to Perth? Oh, look, I leave that to um, to Jeff and Linda to work out. They're the experts. I certainly am not. Uh, he has been nominated for Greyhound of the Year in WA and so I will go over for that and um, I guess that the Perth Cup is around that time so... Maybe he might um, need to trial for that. I'm not sure. But we'll keep him over here in Victoria for as long as we can. And he travels really, really well. So there's no reason why we can't bring him back again at another point. As you said, we'd like him to race a little bit longer before he um, he goes to, to become a pet. But, um, yeah, that just is 
That's in the lap of the gods. (laughs) It is. Now, just um, briefly, Virginia, your two sons, James and Patrick, um, how are they involved with Chipper? Are they just as excited to see him run as everyone else is? Yes, well, they were there there when he was born as well. And as I said, there was no intention there to to choose a greyhound. It just happened. Um, but they saw him, met him first at six months old as well, uh, six hours old. And, <laughs> six hours. Uh, no, he was so tiny. tiny. <laughs> um, and then they first saw him again. Um, I think one of them, no, they might have both seen him again since. And then they were all down at the meadows for the night of the Silver Chief too. So, uh, And then we stayed at Jeff, so we got to spend some time with him in the kennels too and Fed him some bags of chips that weekend as well, so he was pretty happy with that too. Oh, I'm sure he would be. And the other thing I did want to mention, the stake money that Chips and Trains is earning, you're using that um, for the fund. Can you just explain that? So, yeah. yeah, so a portion of, of the winnings do go to support brain cancer. I mean, brain cancer needs research. It's 30 years behind any other cancer research uh, there's been no advances in 30 years there's been no research so a portion of the winnings do go to Pippa's Trust and that's a part of the tissue bank at Murdoch Children's Research Institute and that supports brain cancer research projects globally so um, we're supporting uh, a project at Walter and Eliza Hall an immunotherapy project the AIM Brain Project with the, the Robert Connor Doors Foundation. We have projects that we support at Monash and uh, one up in Newcastle, Sydney Children's Hospital, one over at St Jude's in America and also Toronto and Canada too. So, um, yeah, so it reaches out through the, the tissue samples globally to support brain cancer research. Oh, well, look, it's um, a tragically wonderful story, Virginia, um, and just hearing all that and this greyhound, how he's just made an impact and I guess promoting awareness, raising awareness as well of um, the type of tumour that Pippa had. And uh, look, we really thank you for your time this morning. I do appreciate it. I know it must be hard for you to speak about this at times, but um, we're all enjoying this greyhound and just want to see him continue to race. Thanks, Simone. It's nice to get some joy out of something that is not so joyous in itself, but he certainly does provide a lot of joy at the moment. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Racing. Orson Allen flew out. It's going to go straight to the front, settling over Hone In and Huxley going up on the rail, followed by Whip Allen, Italian Plastic, and My Brocade, the tail ender. Orson Allen's got a good lead by a length over Huxley, checking off the leader's heels in mid race, and they're followed by Hone In a bit wider out. Italian Plastic, My Brocade, and Whip Allen, they turn though, and Orson Allen's a good leader over Huxley. Hone In coming down the centre, but it's Orson Allen ripping clear, and Orson Allen's a brilliant winner. My Brocade flashed down the centre to Graham second over Hone In, Italian Plastic. Then. And even Huxley Rob Tester was surprised the by the time on the semaphore border, 24.85 was a, was a terrific win by Orson Allen. An honourable mention to Diana Chancer, his kennel mate in the distance race at Warrigal on Saturday night where he recorded a new track record also. Last week's Dog to Follow, Racing Pulse, is in tonight at the Meadows in Race 2. My Dog to Follow this week is Premier Rumble, a former Queenslander who won at Sandown last Sunday in 29.50 at only its sixth start. 
It started the $1.60 favourite at Sandown again on Thursday night, did finish fifth, but I think he's still the one to look out for, especially when he comes up with an inside draw. My best bet is race eight, number one tonight at Ballarat. Champagne Lux looks well drawn, has some pace, and a recent winner at Warrnambool in 22.04 over the 3.90. Steps up slightly in distance tonight to the 4.50. And still plenty coming up. We have the Pause of Thunder and Distance Plate Finals tonight at Wentworth Park. The Gap Adoption Weekend, of course, it's happening now. And the Cranbourne Cup Heats are not far away. Thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning on Talking Greyhounds. And as we always say, you keep those tails wagging.